Welcome back to To The Point at the Wilson Center's Latin American program. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. My guest today is a former State Department colleague, Hugo Lorenz, a former chief of mission in Kabul, Afghanistan, who also served as U.S. ambassador to Honduras in 2009, when the Honduran armed forces deposed President Manuel Zelaya. We talk about parallels between the Honduras coup d'etat and the recent coup in Myanmar, which has presented the first major foreign policy challenge for the Biden administration, and what lessons we might learn from the U.S. response to the Honduras coup, which occurred only a few months into the Obama presidency. Ambassador Lorenz, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you, Ben. I want to start with a very brief summary, which I'll give of the political crisis in Honduras around 2009 that you lived through as ambassador in Tegucigalpa. And then I want to hear from you about how the United States reacted to that. And, and again, we'll, we'll try to extract some lessons learned for the Biden administration as it grapples with the situation in Myanmar. Manuel Zelaya was elected as a center-left president in Honduras, ended up governing farther to the left than had been anticipated, became a close ally of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, joined ALBA, this grouping of far-left anti-American leaders in Latin America, and attempted to reform the Honduran constitution, um, probably so that he could extend himself in power for an additional term. This provoked a strong reaction from the Congress, the Supreme Court, civil society, the business community, and ultimately culminated in his removal by the Honduran military in the middle of the night, taken in his pajamas on a plane to Costa Rica. Briefly, what was the initial response from the relatively new Obama administration to what had occurred and what I just described? Well, Ben, you know, the first thing I would say is, you know, remember, I arrived as ambassador in September of uh, 2008. I had been George W. Bush's uh, nominee ambassador uh, in Honduras. I'd worked for uh, President Bush um, and uh, Dr. Condoleezza Rice when she was national security advisor, knew the secretary very well. And, you know, one of the things the secretary told me uh, back when I talked to her before I headed out to Honduras is that we all knew that. Uh, President Zelaya was moving, you know, sharply to the left, and he was establishing those relations with Venezuela and Cuba. But ultimately, what she basically said is, you know, try to maintain uh, the best possible relationship with the government of Zelaya's government, and essentially run out the clock. You know, she's a big sports fan. You're in the fourth quarter. You have 15 minutes. You really need to run out the clock. And we were in that situation. I mean, um, in the sense that Honduras was uh, scheduled to have elections a year later in, in November of 2009. It has a tradition of two very strong political parties. Um, and so very much our job in the Bush administration was, you know, working on getting, um, supporting the election process. You had primaries. So after November of 2008, you had two candidates and really um, President Zelaya was very much a lame duck. But as you know, he was continuing to push um, against the democratic institutions, not unlike what we've seen in America in the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately, yes, he did make the big pitch uh, to reform, hold the Constituent Assembly. That was his objective, to make major reforms of the Constitution. The political opposition, a uh, significant amount, uh, elements of civil society were opposed. Um, they thought it was a power grab, that it was an attempt for him to stay on in power. 
beyond his four-year term. It was a lot of fear. He was a very inflammatory orator. Um, and then ultimately, as you say, it, it triggered the military coup. I actually don't believe a military coup um, would have happened in Honduras. I think we, let's say the department and all of us in the embassy, I think we had a reasonably good handle on the situation, except when Zelaya really picked a fight with the military, because what he basically did is he ordered them to pass out the balloting material, the electoral material for this poll that he was going to have to uh, ask the Honduran people for their support for holding the constituent assembly. So it was sort of making the military an accomplice to his crime, something that had been uh, ruled by Honduran courts as illegal. So the military rightly reviewed, you know, did a legal review and respectfully came back to the president and said, you know, we can't do this, Mr. President, we'll do anything for you. You're our commanding general. But this is something that would be illegal, would make us liable, legally liable. And Zelaya then fired General Vasquez, Minister Orellana, the Minister of Defense, who was a close friend of Zelaya's, civilian, a Democrat, um, resigned. So it really precipitated what became a crisis between Zelaya and the military. And that's what really triggered uh, the political coup. The military was just simply not going to count countenance him decapitating the military high command. And it was at that point that they came after him and they conspired, they conspired with the civilian opposition, principally Roberto Micheletti, the president of Congress, who had always had a keen interest of being president. And by the way, there's a parallel with Burma, with the current de facto ruler, who's someone, the general who I think has had ambitions. But just to make it short, look, I'm very proud of what, what the way the Obama administration handled um, the uh, situation in Honduras. There was no hesitation on the part of the president. There was no hesitation on the part of Secretary Clinton. I worked very closely with the secretary um, to clearly make statements immediately that you had an interruption, that the constitutional order had been interrupted, um, that the legitimate president had been illegally removed from office. And eventually there was a determination in August, month, six weeks later, um, that there had been a coup. There's always a debate whether the determination, whether it should have been a military coup or not. But I think that the, the administration was very forceful and it moved very early. I mean, the real signal was that this happened within the first 24 hours. The strong opposition of Washington to what ha had happened in Honduras. So the, let me ask about the early reaction because it's pretty critical in signaling that there's no ambiguity about the United States' view on the subject, there was later some criticism about this determination of a coup that it took too long. Uh, it relates to automatic suspension of assistance, a uh, potential lack of, of leverage in negotiating a quick resolution. So it's understandable that that legal and political analysis takes some time. Do you feel like the answer from the administration was quick enough? And you know why is that so important that there's no ambiguity or delay in calling a coup a coup? The reality is that everyone understood in Washington that what had occurred was a coup, that the legitimate, democratically elected president was removed from office, as you said, by grabbing him in his pajamas and putting him on a one-way ticket to Costa Rica. And all of the statements of the administration were opposed to the military and unwilling to recognize that de facto the military-backed government 
of uh, Roberto Micheletti, what were the where the secretary I think uh, played this role was that she was concerned, and I think this maybe had something to do with her experience the Clinton administration with Haiti, where you know when we had the the military coup in Haiti reacted with very severe not only in terms of restricting um, our economic assistance or you know zeroing it out but also in terms of trade sanctions and it was a sense I think the secretary came away from that experience with a sense that we had sort of you know kind of nuked Haiti and Haiti never quite recovered so she wanted to get it right she wanted to make sure that we were on the side of democracy but she wanted to do it in a way that wouldn't absolutely wipe under us out Again, remember, we were we were trying to get Zelai. I genuinely believe that's all I did from June 28 is work closely with Tom Shannon, with the White House, National Security Council, and with the secretary and her senior team to get Zelaya back. I think we worked it through the ADS initiative. Um, we, you know, and uh, and it was it was relentlessly nonstop. We punished, but but the issue was that by the administration only saying it was not strictly a military coup. It was a coup. It allowed for more surgical um, action in terms of um, um, in terms of our economic assistance. So, for example, we had the Millennium Challenge Compact, which is a three hundred million dollar compact. It was heavy on infrastructure, road building. If you stop that, getting it going again, you've pretty much destroyed the program. And then there's humanitarian assistance. I mean, Honduras is an incredibly one of the poorest countries in Hispanic America. So in terms of the basic uh, humanitarian assistance, food aid, we, we really didn't think this is something we wanted to eliminate. Having said that, um, and obviously we didn't want to end our support for democracy. Um, we, we were still supporting the elections in a very low profile, but we wanted to make sure that our technical assistance helped to have free fair elections in November. And so in the end of the day, we did uh, significantly reduce our economic assistance, but we sort of didn't drop the thermonuclear bomb on Honduras. So I thought, you know, you can agree or disagree. There are two sides to the story. You know, I sent a cable that got out in WikiLeaks, which was called an open and shut case, where I argued that it was clearly a military coup. Um, this wouldn't have happened without the military. It may, there may have been broad opposition to Zelaya. But the military was the key instrument to overthrowing Zelaya. But I was very, um, you know, I understood. You know, that's what I don't get to make those calls as ambassador. That's what the secretary and the president get paid to do. And at the end of the day, they were making the big strategic uh, decision, and they probably made the right call. Another burden on the U.S. response in a situation, particularly in Latin America, particularly in Central America, maybe even particularly in Honduras, is the high expectations for what the U.S. can achieve. This notion that the U.S. ambassador is all powerful and that we could have stopped a coup. And if a coup somehow occurred, we could have reversed it if we really wanted to. And so in hindsight, some of the criticism has always been that maybe we said the right things, but did we really mean it? Because if we had, Ambassador Lorenz would have been able to reinstate Manuel Zelaya, and, and that didn't occur. So I just, I, I'm curious what expectation management means in a situation like this. And again, how might we relate that to how we're approaching the Myanmar coup and our capacity to reinstate Aung San Suu Kyi and, and her government? Well, you know, once again, I believe we did everything we could. Look, um, the pr first of all, I think if we wouldn't have had this situation where 
Zelaya attacked the military directly, I am very confident there would have been no coup. I think we had the military under control. People like Micheletti were, the civilian opposition was going to the military consistently um, and, and wanted them involved. They wanted the military to intervene. And, but I thought that we, the military did not want to cross that red line. They did not want to be associated with a military coup. But what happened in, in Honduras is it's a very personalistic culture. And when Zelaya sort of went after the military, and when he fired Vasquez and he fired uh, the army chief, um, as an institution, the military, um, what that is when, I would say literally in the last 48 hours, uh, we lost control of the situation. And uh, the military conspired with, with the court, conspired with the opposition in Congress, um, and took Zelaya out. So, you know, it was, a, it was something that we really didn't expect. I mean, Zelaya, in a way, um, put that poison pill on the military that ultimately triggered the, the coup. Um, after that, you know, we did everything we could. I mean, look, we, we took the visas of most of the senior leadership of the, uh, of the de facto government from Micheletti. Micheletti didn't get his, back, his visa for how many years? Six, seven, eight years? I mean, we've, we've punished them in the harshest way. Um, we worked within the OAS. We worked with the UN. Um, we worked ourselves, but with the entire democratic community. We didn't want to, it's not only about the United States doing, I mean, in somebody like Arias, we had one of the most uh, uh, prestigious democratic leaders in all of Latin America, Nobel Prize winner, kind of in the lead. It can't just be an American sort of, that's not the way you resolve the issues. So the manner in which we worked, we worked with, with the broad Latin American democratic community, but it was, it was very tough. I mean, Micheletti was a very, very difficult, very stubborn man. And he, the way he wanted to justify himself was by having that election. So he could say, well, now we have the election, Zelaya. And that was what we were butting heads against that. He, if he would have pulled out early, it would have been a recognition that he had failed. And so he wanted for almost at that point, he realized when he saw what a strong, that the U.S. reaction had been so strongly against the coup, he realized he made a huge mistake. The way he attempted to vindicate himself was to hang in there and sort of say, I'm turning it over to a new democratically elected government. So it made it it is very complicated. Look, the situation with Burma is a lot different. We don't have as, you know, the kind of leverage um, that we, you know, ultimately in, in Honduras, we were able to have free and fair elections. We were able to have a democratic transition. Um, and we were able to restore the constitutional order. And so, and over time, working very closely with you, you were kind of in the lead back in Washington, we were able to reintegrate Honduras in the inter-American system, in the UN system, and sort of normalize the situation. In the case of, of Burma, we don't have that kind of clout. But the good thing is that this is the first major crisis that the Biden administration is facing. And I think that they are standing up for democracy. I mean, you know, America's power uh, in the world, its unique power is, I think, due to two things. Number one, our trademark. That we stand for something, that we're 
you know, uh, a country that is about rule of law, democracy, freedom, and that is our emblem. And that's a very powerful emblem around the world, a trademark. But, and then the other thing is our global system of alliances. So I think uh, the Biden administration is very much in sync with that. First of all, you know, opposing the coup, declaring it is a coup, asking the military to give up power, uh, to free uh, the, uh, the, the, the democratic leadership, the elected government, um, to, to release them, um, and to stop repressing the population. So I think the president and his team have said all the right things. And I think it's an opportunity for the president to work with allies to try to, to restore the democratic order in Burma. So it's, it's about working with Japan, with South Korea, with ASEAN. There's even a case to be made to work with China. So it's an opportunity. Another element that you know, strikes me as potentially relevant is the importance of bipartisanship. One of the challenges for you at the embassy, for Secretary Clinton, for the Obama administration, was some opposition in Congress among certain Republicans, particularly in the Senate, to the U.S. response to the coup in Honduras. I wonder if you could recall for us you know, how it presented a challenge when the messages were somewhat mixed between what you were saying in Capitol, what Secretary Clinton was saying, what President Obama was saying, versus what Senator Jim DeMint and some others who took a very different view of the events in 2009 in Honduras, and you know, how that might have complicated your effort to convince the de facto government to step down earlier, to potentially reinstate Celaya, um, to acknowledge that his removal had been improper. Yeah, look, that's a great point, Ben. I mean, I think that the role of some key Republican senators really hurt our ability to um, to get Zelaya restored, uh, returned return to office. I mean, look, you know, I've been in the Foreign Service for a long time, almost 30 years at that time, and I had never seen a case where a U.S. congressman and senators uh, would come to a country that the United States did not recognize. Where there had been an interruption in the in the in the uh, democratic order, even if they disagreed, even if they would have been critics um, of our policy towards Honduras, you know, I served throughout the eighties. Was very much involved in the uh, Central America and the Cold War. Um, you know, you had liberal Democrats highly critical of the Reagan administration of uh, approach, but they didn't go a wall on those core issues. You didn't have. liberal Democrats meeting with the FMLN. You didn't have liberal Democrats, you know, backing Daniel Ortega. You know, this was a situation that I had never seen in 30 years. And it's kind of the, the, it was maybe an inkling for me of the kind of nastiness, uh, political nastiness that we've seen in, in Washington sort of over the last 20 years, kind of really jumped out at me. Um, again, they they are well within their rights to be severe critics of the Obama administration's handling of, of Honduras, but they were tried to be active players supporting the Micheletti government. And that was really, you know, uh, you know, when you ask about what was won, I think if we would have had Congress out of the way, yes, we would have had a much better chance of having Zelaya return to office. So it's interesting. I mean, the way that you frame this crisis for the then young Obama administration um, and this crisis in Myanmar for the Biden administration is something of an opportunity. For, for the Biden administration, you've said it's an opportunity to show democratic credentials, 
to show our ability to work with allies, to show our ability to stand up for our principles. Um, and the same for the Obama administration to demonstrate, you know, that it would defend these core values of the United States. I wonder, looking back after, you know, you had achieved what you had in, in moving the crisis um, toward the peaceful election, the transfer of power in Honduras, re-normalizing Honduras's ties with the Organization of American States, do you feel like it put President Obama on a good footing for his next, you know, eight years governing and, and relating to Latin America? Or was it, you know, a problematic introduction to the region given how passions were inflamed by the various sides of the conflict? Well, look, I think it was problematic. I mean, I, I think the administration, all of us would have preferred not to have had to deal with a coup in Honduras, you know, at the very beginning of the administration. I mean, we expended, and I'm looking at the U.S. government perspective, expended a huge amount of attention and and calories that could have been spent in more in, in more productive ways. This is all crisis management. So, you know, crisis management is like you get on the defensive rather than be able to take the initiative. Having said that, um, I think President Obama established, um, you know, very strong democratic credentials in Latin America. So whether you're talking about with governments of the center left, whether it was in Brazil or Argentina, you know, obviously you're never going to please the Hugo Chavez to, you know, believe that I, you know, was the architect of the coup uh, or, you know, Raul Fidel and Raul Castro. They, they're never, you know, they are gone. They, but in terms of the sort of democratic left, um, and at that time they were very powerful in South America, I think President Obama's uh, credentials were very strong. So I think that it allowed him to, uh, to do a, a number of other good things, I think, in, in the hemisphere. And, you With know, just a few minutes, Ambassador, that we have left, how would you grade so far President Biden's response to the coup in Myanmar? And what, if any, advice would you offer based on some of the lessons learned that we've just discussed? Well, you know, the first thing I would say, though, is just in general, Ben, maybe go a little bit more broadly in the couple of minutes I have. I think, you know, President Biden, we are so lucky to have President Biden as our president, as the president of the United States. I mean, he's someone who brings, I mean, he was elected in 1972, um, was in the, in the foreign relations field from the beginning. So he has 50 years of experience. There are few U.S. presidents with as much experience and as much perspective who know the world who know all the players in President Biden. I would rank him up there with, you know, Richard Nixon, with George H. Uh, Bush, um, uh, as someone in terms of foreign policy credentials. I met him in the mid-'80s during the Central American crisis. He was a critic of the Reagan administration, but always very thoughtful and always very constructive. I mean, he, you know, he was someone you could work with. You, you could work across the aisle. Um, but the one thing I would say is that we have him, and, and I think he's made very clear from day one his commitment to restore our alliance, uh, to work with our allies in Europe, in Asia, in Latin America. Um, and I think that he's also made very clear that, you know, America's values matter, um, that, that America as a nation, as a great democratic nation, is the leader of the free world. That's where he's coming from. So I do think that Burma provides this opportunity. Um, and I think. You know, again, the coup happened on Monday. You know, there are going to be a lot of details. How do they handle economic assistance? How do they coordinate with ASEAN, with Japan, with Korea? How do they dialogue with China on Burma? Um, you know, will you know? Time will tell. But certainly, they're off to a good start. There was no hesitation 
uh, on the part of the president. There was no hesitation on the part of Secretary Blinken to call it what it was, a, a, a brutal coup um, that, you know, ended a very fragile but 10-year experiment with democracy in Burma. Ambassador Hugo Lorenz, former U.S. Ambassador in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, former Chief of Mission in Kabul, Afghanistan, a veteran of the Foreign Service, a former colleague of mine and mentor of mine. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thanks, Ben, and keep up the great work. This episode of To The Point was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at lap.com at wilsoncenter.org. Thanks for listening.